0: With a community of over 90 million users each month, the real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now.
1: What's the easiest choice you can make? We'll be
2: Right, guys. Welcome back, episode
0: twenty-three. I know Jordan. Yeah, That's we in the zone like the homie two three, Jordan or, <laughs> Jordan or James. Jordan so or James. My fact. mother
3: would tell me don't don't put on twenty three. She would say don't no one should wear that number anymore. That's, tired. That's, That's what my mother <laughs> says about the twenty three. Twenty three to Jordan yeah.
2: So yeah, man. First and foremost, thank you guys for your support. You know, it's been it's been a tremendous journey. It's crazy, only 23 weeks, and it's like, it feel like we've been doing this for like five years. Everybody right? asks it's
0: the same thing. Like, this has only been six months? Yeah, y'all haven't nah. been doing this forever? That's a nah, fact. Nah, this, That's this a is, fact. This 23 episodes. It's a great platform. Thanks. Appreciate I that. I
2: appreciate y'all having me. Nah, thank you, thank you. So yeah. yeah, today's a very, extremely special episode. We actually was planning on speaking about a few things. But then we had like a hour long conversation before, <laughs> and it kind of shifted the conversation. I think we're going. We we, we we got. This is this is going to be a good one. So, our man Chris Gotti. If you're not familiar, so Murder Inc. Yes, ran the music industry. We was for, blessed in the early <laughs> 2000s. Without, like no like when I was in prep school, in high school, I couldn't turn on MTV or BT without Jaru or Shanti. Like it was crazy. Killing
0: or. TRL, killing 106 yeah. Citizen Park. They destroyed it. So
2: yeah. so yeah so. You might know, obviously, Ja Rule, um, but Chris Gotti
3: was one of the founding members. Yeah, me and my brother, you know, Irv Gotti. Irv, what up, boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so, what I'm so, Irv. This is Irv's baby. I'm the uncle to murder. <laughs> thing. So, Stans. yeah,
2: so heavy in the music business, but we're going to talk about a lot of other things outside of music, just business in general, because obviously this is a business podcast. So, we want to equip you guys with all of the different tools that you need. So, before we start, I want to tell a story of how we actually met, because networking is powerful, right? That's so, right. Relationships. So, yeah. yeah so, Chris, he does a lot of different things, right? He was a music exec. He ran a construction company. A real, he invests in real estate. And another thing that he does is he's in the financial services industry. So, anybody that listens to the podcast, you know I'm a financial advisor. So, long story short, uh, we got introduced through a mutual colleague. And he's like, um, you ever heard of Chris Gotti? I'm like, yeah, uh, of course. Right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. He's like, I think you guys should meet. Y'all might be able to work together. Da-da-da-da. So we were, um, I don't even know if you remember this, but I have like an impeccable memory. So we were in L.A. Mm. at Greystone, oh, man. right? So a <laughs> nice club. Yeah, I know this story. Yeah, Greystone. Riri. That's too. fact. Memory that's, shot too. fact. <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy. So we was in Greystone. Me and my man, Mike. Mike, was good? And um, so another one of our friends, shout out to DJ Sus one. Yeah. He's from Suss. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're from the same area. So Suss was DJing that night. And um, so we were in like the VIP area, right? So um, Chris was there. And um, I introduced myself to Chris. And I'm telling him, he's like, yeah, cool. So we exchanged numbers. And then when we got back to New York, we actually met uh, in, mm-hmm. the, in the office. And just a super humble dude. Like you could kind of just tell somebody's energy when you meet him. And that's the first thing that I, I You know Notice is that He's just real humble And just you know Just You can kind of feel like That energy is just organic and, and just Just a good dude Thank you So But that night was crazy though Because Rihanna was definitely there I remember And, and Riri Should I tell that, <laughs> should I, should I tell that story? Tell a story, man. Because this is a real yeah, good, yeah, good one. Shout out to Big Homie. So, all right. So, my man Mike, my man Mike is there, and um, he, I'm telling him clubs close at like two o'clock in L. A. They'll close early. So, we from New York. Clubs close at like four thirty, right? Four. So, it's like 1.30. The club is about to close, and the VIP section is like real small. Mm-hmm. So, we in there. We right next to Chris, and like three feet away, <laughs> I, I see Rihanna comes with her people. So I'm like, yo, um, I'm like, yo, Mike, that's Rihanna right there. He's like, that's not Rihanna. I'm like I'm looking <laughs> right at her, like I see Rihanna, she's right there. Facts. So so he told he told Sus, like, yo, that's so Sus obviously knows her. So Sus walks up to her, like, so he's in Sus's ear, like, Yo hey, introduce me to Rihanna. And sus kinda like ignored him. So <laughs> so, <laughs> so Sus, right, sus, sus talked to her, so Mike tell me, like, yo, get your camera ready. I'm like, nah, no, don't do
0: that. Don't do it, bro.
2: Don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it, it, it bro. I'm like, no, I get your camera ready. So I'm like, yeah, so he um he walked up to her, <laughs> and I'm staying like five feet behind because I you know I want to keep my distance. We man. know how this gonna go. And he's like, yo, um, he starts saying da da da, and he's like, you know, can I get a picture? And yo, know, the way she looked at him was so, so violently disrespectful. She looked through. Him. She's like, yeah. <laughs>
3: It's, I the Barbados in there. <laughs> yeah. it's the island girl. So that the picture
2: the picture never got took. But shout out to Rihanna. Shout yeah. out
3: to Rihanna. Shout out yeah, to Fenty. Yeah. Man. She's doing big things. Fenty's nah, doing nah. incredible.
2: She's, she's, she's blowing up right now. Six hundred million. I think
3: it's 600
2: million? Yeah, man.
0: Yeah. She, uh, don't, don't worry about the music. Fenty is gonna take her out of this world.
3: Shout out shout out to Jay Brown, too, that's where they helping. Um, make, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So incredible moves they yeah. make So
2: alright, so we're gonna jump right into it. So like I said, my man Chris ran they, a murder ain't random. I can't really... If you're not old enough to fully understand it, it's hard for me to actually say how big that they were. But you were telling me before, like, y'all had, like, a number one song on the radio or something like that for, like, 20 weeks. Well, not, like
3: no, it's not just one song. It was multiple yeah. songs. So, you know, a lot of the misconception is they just think it was Murder, Inc. But the reality, Irv, as a producer, was the, one of the biggest producers, if not the biggest at that time. Right. And we produced for... j Everybody the industry we literally produced for the industry Irv was looked at as the fixer so if you wasn't selling records we called Irv Gotti let me get a single or something and next thing you know you sold some records so we was, uh, I believe it's 48 weeks out of 52 weeks at number one with multiple artists. Yeah. 40, sorry, that's what you said.
2: 48 <clears throat> weeks out of 52 weeks in a year. That's a different type of run. Murder Inc. had a song. <laughs> imagine
3: 100%. imagine you do that, like you could understand how powerful we were or just from that saying that like every record exec, every label wanted to do business with you Yeah. because you was that hot. You're on the Billboard charts every week and it's your music, your sound like... Man, it was a, it was a great time. Thirty million records <laughs> sold. Thirty million, right? Thirty million. We're more than that now, but yeah, you know who's counting. <laughs> <laughs> nah.
2: So yeah. So all right, but, we're over
3: forty million records.
2: So. But before the music industry started, you actually you ran a construction company. Yes. So can we talk about that? Because that that to me was real interesting. Where you told me that um you were a millionaire before you got into music.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We that was me and my sister Tina. You know, we found uh, a general contractor that actually did demolition, and we wanted to do all of the, the building side of it, not the demo part, and cut a deal. Ken Frolic, Gateway Demolition, that was the name of the company, it's still existing, they are still out there. Uh, and he cut a deal, and we was able to bond these jobs. So, if you didn't understand what I mean, why you need to be bonded, because you have to have the money for the job in case something goes wrong so if the job is five million dollars you had to have five million dollars you know to cover that job and or a bond they would cover it for you and you had to have the you know all the assets that you might need to acquire the bond for you and we didn't have it at the time and you know we he cut the deal and we went on a nice little run with construction so, yeah. while, while
0: you were doing the construction though right <clears throat> like so you're you learned a bunch of trades, right? So Every, you pretty much did everything.
3: Everything. I, I tell. I like to tell everyone. Um, I built everything but a bridge. Mm. Right. Think about that. I built high rises, buildings. I be, did streets. You know, the roads and highways, parks. I mean, there's nothing I really didn't do from a construction standpoint. Right. And we did the concrete side, which is so. If you think of a do, from a dollar standpoint, if if there was a job to build a building, the biggest part of that job is the concrete. Mm-hmm right that's the foundation that's all the walls that's everything going up the floors and that's what we did as a black owned company it was crazy all self taught all self taught and everything self taught cause you alright so you started I didn't go to school so that's a big deal for me yeah. like I, I I always throw that out there because I let everyone know you could do it right. you don't have to go to school to learn you could learn just on your own, but you got to have the will to learn, and I did.
2: Yeah,
0: you definitely have
3: to. Drive. I'm glad
2: you said that because we had we actually had an episode. We talked about college, and more and more people are saying like, "Is college worth it?" Right? So we not mm-hmm. we not discouraging anybody from going to college, mm-hmm. but there are ways to be successful if you don't go to college, right? So you okay? You but got, college helps, right? No, yeah. Well, so let me ask,
3: let, let, let answer that. Does college help? Do you agree that college helps? It depends on the career. I, it, 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 I think it can help. It can, it can help. help. Okay, it has the potential to help. I you, think. You know, when I think of myself, I don't think of, I don't look at myself as typical, average, right? I think, and only because of my, I knew my drive. When I watched these other people, everyone doesn't have the same passion and devotion, or uh, you know, dedication to do these things. So, True. education is something to fall back on that could at least get you into a stability yeah. from a lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you ask me, you know, people talk to me all the time about that, and I'm like, I didn't know what the hell I was gonna do. I had no clue. You know, I filled out to be a sanitation, transit, police.
2: But no, no, but this is real. This, <coughs> is these, these are real jobs. Like, yeah. especially like in our community, like a sanitation job is like hitting the lottery, right? Like, if, yeah. Well, so, when you
3: didn't go to school, this is what you did. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So, but I'm glad you said that because it's like, okay, you became a construction worker, yes. right? But then
3: a you, laborer. 731, local
2: 731. You could have just called it a quits at that, right? Right. But what made you say, okay, I learned
3: construction from
2: working construction and turned it into a business?
3: Actually, at a very young age, I looked at it as um, as the trades. I I talked to other laborers, and they was millionaires from being a laborer. Mm. Because that annuity that they had, they worked, yes, they worked 20 plus years, but they had an annuity in their union that was over a million dollars. So I'm sitting there like, damn, you could do this. As, you're digging. You got a shovel. That's all you got. You're, you have over a million dollars waiting, or you could access whenever you want. And that was very intriguing to me. And it was from a trade standpoint. So all I did was say, let me learn these trades. And it's something that they could never take away from you. I always had a chip on my shoulder because I didn't go to school. I'm five years in high school. Okay? So... Not because I wasn't smart, it's because I didn't go. I wasn't showing up. I just wouldn't go. Would I go in, take a test, get 75, 85, and be out? It's just who I was. And it's like I always look at education as, damn, what if I did do it? Or, or, okay, I don't have it. What am I going to do? Like what do I have to fall back on? Like if I got to support myself, my family, whatever it may be, without an education to go get a job. Because when you really start going to get a job, you realize they don't want you unless you have that piece of paper Mm -hmm. or you have something behind you. Like, when you go out just looking for jobs to pay for your life, there's only a few things that I looked at that um, you could actually make a really good living without the education. Again, when you talk about police, you could do that with those jobs. Like a plumber. Yeah, Yeah, but a a trade. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, a trade. That's that's one of the things
0: we stress too. It's like, Everybody's not gonna go to college. We know that, right. so we gotta. Start, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. So we gotta. It wasn't start for me teaching kids trades that they can still have yes. a successful life with, and that's the thing that they don't show them. Right? They like, like, go to college, go to college, get a four year degree. I'm in education, so like, yeah, that's a big proponent of it. I'm like, like, I know kids that coming out of high school, they're not going to college, so we gotta prepare them for. Other things like construction could be something. Right? Yes. like where we're from, like we said, sanitation is huge. And look,
3: right? yeah, everything you're saying, it resonates with me so strongly because I always wanted to empower my people. Mm-hmm. Uh, always talk to my block, telling the kids what I sh- what they should do, don't do. And when you think about from a work standpoint, again, that construction, it was a very good job uh, f- for something you don't own. From talking from a nine to five standpoint. You made a very good wage, and you could really grow it if you want to, like we did, and that's what I did. And again, I recommend it still to this day because you cannot take that skill set away. Someone has to build these homes, someone has to build the roads, the highways, and they get paid a very well, a very good wage.
2: But so you, but
3: but you was
2: entrepreneurial enough to see the flip side of the coin, where it is a good job to get paid. But the owner always makes more than an employee. No matter what business it is. NBA, Mm -hmm. construction.
3: (laughs) uh, The owner is always going to make more money. As the the owner, you have the risk. You You should get the reward. Exactly. exactly. It's that simple. You know, um, I'm for all the NBA players making as much money, but the risk still lies with... Own Right So
4: Because
2: yeah. so, you had to start I just thought about this You did a family business twice You did a family business With your sister mm-hmm. Then you did a family business With your brother Right Yeah. So we talk about that as well as far, Especially in our community We don't understand The power of A working together yeah. enough But also the power of Family businesses Right yeah. mm-hmm. It's something that
3: You know they say It's the hardest thing to do Work with family Work with family yeah.
2: You know what I think that It's I, very difficult So I work I work with my family
3: I'm blessed
2: Um I don't, Seriously, I'm I think I think, it, I think it depends on your family, right? Because I mean, if you have a good relationship, if Troy, that's my that's my brother, we work together, it's no problem. But if we have a bad relationship, then the business is gonna
3: be bad. Like, you know this, this, what I mean? This like, is gonna look a lot different. I think I think I think, <laughs> I think just one of you here on this mic, <laughs> <laughs> studio
0: shut down let like, Me, ask you construction. Sure. So,
2: because a lot of listeners, um, everybody's not gonna be able to make any music, right?
3: <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> Even though a lot of people do want
2: to make their music, but anybody can be a carpenter, yeah. a construction worker, a plumber, and right. anybody can own their own company, right? So for somebody that's a construction worker or just interested in being an entrepreneur, how did you, how did you get your own company as far as the construct? Because there's a lot that goes into it as yeah. far as New York City. And, City and we was like we that?
3: wasn't doing like homes like a local construction company. I didn't start off there. I started right off with city jobs, which you had to bid on and become. And honestly, that's my sister. Tina worked in the office uh, of a company called Prue Construction, and she learned how the bids got put together. She didn't know how many men it would take or how to actually build the wall, but she knew exactly how many screws, uh, pieces of rebar that went in the wall, which is how you got to the formula to make the bid and then she also knew how which is to me the hardest part of the business to collect to know how to do all the paperwork to get to the city offices to make sure they pay you when you finish a portion of the job because you got paid portion by portion and one day she just asked me can you put up a wall and how many men do you need and I answered her, and she was like, let's start our own company. Yeah, and the honorable
0: thing is that you didn't just look for anybody to hire. Like, no, went I went back to the community. I
3: went back to my people, again, and educated them, taught them the trades. But they have to want it. Like, I can't give you that. You have to want it. I give you a job. I had to fire a lot of guys, too. That's true. Too. You know, because they wasn't working. This is business. So if you're not working, I got someone else. And then you started realizing difference, differences like – An older guy that might have kids is way more reliable than that young guy that's ready to go party every night.
0: You You know, you didn't think about
3: those things at that moment. Now you started looking at that. And I would give the older guy the job before because I knew he had to feed his family. I would do things like that. Um, But I really had an incredible crew of an array of different people I had just two Italians but the rest was all black or Spanish guys that worked and you were with saying me. you had like 40 yeah black, and, and our Spanish. height we was over 42 42 employees we had
2: so how do you scale like cause I mean I, I guess that's a lot of money to start a construction company like how do you <laughs> how do you scale to Well, that point?
3: If, okay so we was blessed right and and we were smart enough to get that deal done which was the 50-50 deal where they put up the bond for the job we have to bid the job and we won the first job it was a Queens Queens cold uh, Park in Queens uh, it was a job for about a million dollars it was about 900,000 and some change and we bid the job wanted so now we're funded because now we went to our partner who's 50 50 partners on all the profit Ken Frolic and we said we need this to start and he and we got funded and that's how we started and then after that we just started rolling it like over domino effect yeah like it next. just started rolling over because, but you had to watch your money you know again your, typical profit margins in the construction world is anywhere between 30, 20 to 30, 30% so you know you're talking about making 180 grand on that 900,000, that's money that we never seen at that like in one lump. Yeah, but the lot. problem was we had to partner up with Kenny, so he's getting 90 of it, we're getting 90 of it, and then we had to keep going. So it got really hairy, but again, you know, Jay-Z said it, but we all say we never stopped. You know, that was the genius part, right? We didn't quit. We just kept going. Yeah. And we kind of got to a point where now, yeah, we had a lot of money that was old, but we're making a lot of money. Also, and it kind of started going and going. So how,
2: how how long did it take to go from you and your sister to 40 employees?
3: Uh, that was six years. Six years. Okay. Yeah.
0: So at at that time, at the height of this, right, how much are we bringing in?
3: In the height, our biggest job was forty, almost $40 million. And, again, we was making a little bit more than 25% on the money.
0: So you're millionaire's. Yeah. And this is, is this is in construction. And this is you.
3: 30. Tina, my sister, was the first. She was money bags. Tina was the money bags. <laughs> and I mean, you were thirty one. You said you told me. Yeah, I was in my. I had just got into my thirties when, and then Irv was again. That, right. Is this so? That transition then, was right there in that time frame. This and, is after Mike Geronimo. This is during Mike Geronimo and we're still going So mid nineties. Yeah. Okay. Mid nineties. So people might not know who's Mike Geronimo. Mike Geronimo, is. Blunt uh Blunt Records. T V T Blunt Records, another, you know, label that we started before yeah. Murder Rink. Go YouTube that. Independent, Mike Geronimo. You know, we started that and put him out. We had Cash Money Click over there. You got uh Pitbull. We had uh, Little John. So you have Royal Flush. These were all the artists Royal that was Flush, on wow. this little independent label that we started uh, moving with. So, all right. So, okay. So now we're going
2: to go into the music side because your, your life story is pretty interesting where you, you, make, oh, you become a millionaire at 31. Yeah. Construction. Got a nice thing going. 40, 40 employees. <laughs> and you, you give it up. To, well,
3: to, to, I didn't give see. it right up. Okay, again, this goes back to education too, right? So I didn't give it right up. We did. I did both because music was at night. Irv's like, yo, he's growing. He needs help. Come back. Because I started the music with Irv. I was managing him. And he had a group he was in. And we was doing a bunch of stuff. But we wasn't making money. So now he's making money after the Mike G. And then he gets into Def Jam. And he's like, yo, come run this production company, Top Dog Productions. Mm-hmm. Not not uh Top Dog with uh, what's his not, name? Not Kendrick. Not TDA, not Kendrick. Not Kendrick. Yeah. We was first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Top Dog Productions. And um and Irv just wanted to be the biggest and best producer in the game. And basically he's like, come run that and sell beats. He had one producer, Little Rob, and I took little Rob and sold every beat he would have. But Little Rob wasn't a volume beat producer like he would make just a few so but everything he made was fire i get it off so i said i we got a problem we have an inventory problem
0: yeah i need more
3: i need more so he's like what are we going to do i said i'm gonna go hire producers okay and that's what i did all
2: right all right so that leads us into segment two we're going (laughs) to talk about the music business so we gave the backstory um but now we're going to go into the music side which you're probably most famous for what people know you for the most yeah. right? alright so you start off selling er- ok so your brother Irv becomes a producer right? yes and he's selling beats yes and he recruits you to help sell the beats for him right yeah
3: he told me come run uh, Top Dog Productions for him manage it and run it you know, and that's what I did, and I I believe I did an incredible job. For him.
0: When you start at that time, how, how much are beat's going for? He
3: was making five thousand a track when I first started at Top Doll. Uh So you know, we were selling to like the lower tier artists, five thousand a song. And you scaled that pretty. Big. Oh yeah, I scaled. <laughs> I, I ramped that up. Here's why: I'm, I'm making money from construction. And I'm burning it at both ends, so I'm going to the studio at nights, construction in the daytime. So, you still doing the construction, still doing it when I first go over. I couldn't just stop because it's, it's a business, it's financial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did it for about a year and a half two ends burning at both ends before I said I can't do it no more. But I took them from five thousand to fifty thousand in six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then little Rob, who's the producer, he was our main producer at the time again, he would make. Just enough beats, not not a lot. Mm -hmm. I didn't have extra inventory. I always like to talk to talk to you uh, people in the music industry, just like it's business, cause it is. I don't want to treat it like it's just beats. No, this is our inventory. The beats is our inventory, and we didn't have any more. I sell it out. How can I make money? So then I went and started assembling that production team, and I found some incredible producers, Chink Santana. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monster from DC. I bought his first beat for. I asked him, it was a great story because I asked him, I said, he's in my office and I brought him because Pop, this other artist from DC, came in and I was like, "Who's beats of those? And he was like, oh, it's Chink. So I said, next time you come back, bring him." So he brings them and we're going through music and I said, you ever sold a beat? He said, no, Joe. Joe you know, that, yeah. all that Joe, all that DC, <laughs> you no, know, Joe. I said, Okay, so how much would you want for a beat? He's looking. He's like, I don't even know. Joe is like, I was like, what do you think? He's like, five hundred dollars. I said, I am gonna tell you what I am gonna do. <laughs> I am gonna buy that first beat from you for seventy five hundred, and I cut a check for the first half. I said, when I sell it, because I don't have a home for it, I'll give you the other half. I said, thirty seven fifty. We gave him a check that day. Seven. Thirty-seven fifty. He looked at me. He going crazy. He said, hey Joe, I never sold before. <laughs> you know, he was going crazy. That's
0: man. A one, because you could have been like, yo, hey, five hundred sold. Right, I Which, wouldn't do that. because I, right like,
3: I know what our value is. So right. I mean, I didn't. Want, I wanted to keep him in the same neighborhood. Yeah. But again, I'm like, here you go. And then I said, but I want to sign you to Top Dog. He said. He looked at the check. Yeah. He was basically like whatever you want to do. So, <laughs> he said, You could do this for me? I said, Yeah, I could do this for you. And sure enough, when he came in, it really changed everything because he was a volume. He made a lot of inventory. Yeah.
0: So were y'all at Def Jam when y'all got him? Or were um, y'all still we was, for the deal? No,
3: we was we Irv was an A and R at Def Jam. Okay. Erv was an A and R at Def Jam. So that's what so basically think about it from that standpoint. I'm making music. Irv is a producer and I have all his uh music and we're inside of a system. Mm-hmm. Which is Def Jam so you like to, that to service? Yeah, so we just started serving beats, and then once you do one, the industry is a following industry. Just like everything else, if we make a hat ha- a hot hat, everyone makes that hat with their logo on it. Yeah. So music's no different. You make a hot beat, and everyone wants a beat, just like that record you just did. So we started getting calls from not just Def Jam, but every record label. Yeah. But I got to service them. I need inventory, so I started hiring more beats, like uh, Reb. You know, DL. You know what I'm saying? Fingers, styles, and we man went on a run, and we went from five thousand. I just started pushing the track, the the the, the money up. <laughs> I remember the day. I'll give you a good story. We, um, Electro Records, uh, ODB. They want beats for ODB. Sylvia Rome was running, mm-hmm. uh, uh Records. She calls me to come in and talked to her I said I want to sell some beats to ODB she's like all right I'll do four how much at the time we was only getting 20,000 a track and I said 40,000 a track and she said no problem the check I'll cut the check and get it to you so that's first half is 80,000 so I'm I'm happy I just doubled our value I'm like great I go yo I sold four beats to ODB I was like how much you know, Herb is always about the bottom line. How much? And I was like, I show him the check, and he goes crazy. That's our that's our that's our new a price. We ain't going no lower. I said, I know, I got you, yo. <laughs> forty thousand a track, but we went from forty to fifty to seventy five to a hundred in less than a year. What's the highest you got up to? Two hundred and fifty thousand a song, and we was taking six points on each song. Can you explain
4: yeah, the point, you the break point that breakdown? Down.
3: Okay, so a single, if you make one single, there's 10 points on that single. Five points goes to the producer, five points goes to the writer. We was taking six, which means the writer of the record had to give us an extra point from their side, from their share. It's 100 points for a total. For an album. For an album, right?
0: And that's just because of the track work that y'all have.
3: Yeah, because you want this work. We you know, know what y'all <laughs> we know what y'all bring. Well, so you know I was just being aggressive. Yeah. You know what that's I, that's the key. You know, when you're hot in music you could get very aggressive. We was I was very aggressive and Irv is super aggressive so you know when I say that it's cause he's pushing me like go more more You know, and that's when we just kept pushing it up
2: this is interesting because even outside of music people struggle with this all the time how how much do you charge for your services right this yeah. is something especially entrepreneurs they struggle with this all the time
0: know your value know your worth
2: and I heard mm-hmm. Gary Vee say something before where he was like um, if people aren't telling you no you're too cheap mm. like mm-hmm. you gotta so how do you it's a thin line right just general advice business advice how do you know what to charge like, you know what I mean yeah. like how do you say okay I'm gonna go from 20 it's to 50
3: okay, if it's not hard okay it's all based on success you can't charge $250,000 and you're giving trash away and the records don't do anything for the label or the artist Yeah. but when you see the result right okay we could talk now because yeah, yeah, I know yeah. how much you generated
0: you put out I'm real I now. know
3: what my record generated for your artist and what that means to your label and that's how we equate value, right? And again, don't get it confused. the The money we was talking, the two hundred fifty thousand, isn't advanced. We didn't make an extra dollar. If we took zero, we still make that two hundred fifty. Gets paid faster. That's all. It's the same exact amount of money we generated for every record. Do you understand? But it's like, can you break that down? Okay, so if a record generates a million dollars. Right. Okay, and we was advanced two hundred fifty thousand. We only getting seven hundred fifty thousand off of the million. That's all. It's an advance. It's simple as that. You do not make an extra dollar because you was advanced. But what if the record, where if the record flops? Okay. It, whatever the record makes, that's where they the risk, and that's why we took and that's why you took in advance as up a producer upfront. Okay. Up okay. Right. So, uh, as a producer, you know you understood the value of that music, if it's successful in their track record, you know, potentially being why that record's gonna be successful for an artist you have no equity interest in, but you say, Hey, advance me this type of advance on that money, two hundred and fifty thousand. Cause you're gonna make millions of dollars, and you could it, again. They it's, they don't lose any extra money. Is all I'm saying. It's just an advance. Is all it is. It's an advance on the future earnings of that record. On the record. That's all it is. So, again, Dr. Dre was getting two hundred fifty thousand.
2: Somebody. What Tim Lee getting A million? or something? Somebody. Who was the highest paid? I heard so, crazy. It depends
3: numbers. on the year. Listen, yeah. I know. I expensive. know for a fact, Rodney Jerkins. Um, Okay, when he was when he was producing for Michael Jackson, was getting paid a lot of. He's getting paid millions of dollars, but there's no return. Michael basically was owning the record, Mm. right? So his he was paying in advance on all his publishing and everything because it's Michael Jackson. He's gonna sell. Uh, 50 million records and that record is going to be worth well more than what he paid you. But Rodney was really getting paid at that time, man. He was out in Jersey killing it. Shout out to Rodney Jerkins, man. Legend.
2: Legend. Legend Legend. Legend, So, all right. So, all right. So, you guys have um, a team of producers and and y'all tearing the game up, right? Yes. But then you transition into a label, right?
3: Yes. Was that... By design, yeah. Like I remember you
2: telling me when we was in the studio that like all like even Dmx right like yeah. you you originally your brother brought Dmx yeah. to
0: Def Jam
3: to to Def Jam he brought right. him Def Jam but just think when right. you mentioned Blunt Records earlier he right. brought him to Blunt Records Def, uh, Dmx could easily have been signed to, to Blunt Records but we didn't do the deal because right. we didn't think Blunt had enough power as an independent to move the product the way it needed to be moved. Right,
0: because I I remember the original Murder, Inc. being, not a label, but being a group with Jay-Z, DMX, and Ja Rule, right?
3: That's uh, Irv's original concept, what he wanted to do. He thought they was absolutely the best. People don't realize that Jay-Z, DMX, but the one they don't realize is Ja Rule was a battle rapper. Yeah. We used to battle rule against everybody. So Irv just felt he had the most talented artists. At that time, and wanted to create this super group called Murdering. I, I had that, du-
0: <laughs> that Double XL cover was on my wall for at least five years.
3: You man. know, we was this close to oh my it God. So they had the hand they had the, bat and fire, the bats behind. Oh, I like, had that, was crazy, that cover like, oh so please, that was do a great cover. In the front, it. you see their face, but in the, the back of the cover, the of the, you see the bats, the uh, chains. So
2: let me ask you this, right?
3: <clears throat> you guys.
2: um you didn't go to college, right? No, you had a background in business because you had a construction company, so you you understood business. As, yeah, on, on that. Herb path. didn't go to school either. We yeah. Didn't. So, but how do you? All right, how do you start? You started a record label, but you don't know anything about how to run a business. On well, you do, but a music. No, nah, no, no, no. I have no clue. How do you figure that out? How like, to run? A, how do you? With, just like I did in construction, as you go. just I, I sit
3: with lawyers. I ask a ton of questions. Um... You know, I, I, you know, don't be afraid to ask or think you're something stupid. You're going to learn. But you learn the hard way, too, right? You you know, the, your best education is because you lose. Right. Right? I don't We lost a ton of money because of lawyers that took advantage. Mm. That you got, you're you thinking some, they're doing the right deal for you and they're not. You got some shady lawyers? I fired all of the best lawyers you could think of. They, they all worked for me. I fired them all. They're all in bed with the the labels. You got to see, we didn't know that. These are all the things you learn in hindsight. Mm. Um, you know, uh, but they're all in bed with the label. So, how can I get what I want from the label? And they're busy giving up all the information to the label and blocking me every chance I get. And uh, that's what happened. My best deals happened because I hired, I took the Suge Knight route. Irv and myself, we discussed and decided. We, the Sugar night route is one lawyer. Only works for you. Nobody else.
4: Mm.
2: He, he, you are his only client.
3: Ron Sweeney. You we took him. him from Sony. Ron Sweeney and Brian Robinson. Paid, we him took, a, paid him a salary. A salary in, in points or profit.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay? Which was way more than what he was getting in Sony. Yeah.
2: That's kind of what um Derek but did. But it's
3: way cheaper for us. How about that? Yeah, no, it's because... Because we get better deals now.
4: Yeah, you understand what I'm saying. It's, it's you got to give up something to get yeah, something. It's
2: exclusive in-house. You got to spend money to make money. Yeah, yeah. people. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because people do it all the time in business where they they skim yeah. on important things, right? Yeah, and that's something that's important, right? So you want to spend money on something that's important because, yeah. like you said, you spent more money on an in-house lawyer, but
3: <laughs>
2: it saved you a lot of money. So I just had
3: this conversation last night in the studio with someone that wants me to be their consultant. And the first question I asked him was, "Why would you pay me to be a consultant? What's your reason? I want to hear your reason." He didn't have an answer. He didn't even know. He just know. He's like, "I know you know the business," but I said, "What's the reasons?" Yeah, there's a lot of people that know the business. Why do you want me? Why do you want someone to consult you? What's the reason? Why? And I said, "If you're not understanding that, you're you're, you're not thinking properly. Like, the reason you pay a consultant is to save money because you won't make a mistake that you might cost you a lot of money." And that's basically what the reason we went with Ron Swinney. He was was the head of business affairs for Sony Music, which means he was the head attorney for every business deal at Sony, which means he knows where all the bones is buried. Mm -hmm. You understand? He knows how all the contracts, where they jerk you, where the money's at. He when he came in and same with uh, Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson was over at Universal and we took him. So we had those two as our only turns. We they couldn't work for no one else. They only could work for us and they got points on the profits.
2: All right, so. We realized that you know a lot of people might not know what you went through right so it's how it's, it's yeah it's, 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 it's a business cause for also the good thing about the story too for the podcast is that we like to paint the real picture of business right it's yes. never all good in business so you guys experienced
3: and the decisions you have to make in business exactly. yeah you,
2: you guys experienced the top of the top where you was on top of the world yes selling beats for 250 you was on a number one on for 48 weeks you yeah. was just unstoppable yeah love is love what's you calling the unstoppable murder ink or something like that (laughs) something like so murder ink was was untouchable untouchable the untouchable murder ink right so right, we gotta we gotta talk about Jake Prince he put this in his book so this is public knowledge he put this in his book so shout out to Houston my man Don Key if you listening that's my guy we connected on Instagram Dripped up and draped out. We gotta go to Houston. We got. Yeah, I'm gonna get yeah. Jay
3: Prince on this there. Yeah, oh. hey, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got go to Prince, we need
2: you, man. You, you heard it That's it a, a fact. That's a fact. Shout out to H Town, man. Yeah. Um, so Jay Prince told the story about how he met you in his book, right? Yeah. Can you? Can you <laughs> <read> tell <that> Story.
3: <laughs> he loved me to tell that story too. He always, whenever we around <laughs> new no people, Chris, come on, tell it, tell it, tell them how we met, but you know, it, it wasn't on good terms. And, you know, his legend and his name and reputation precedes him. So when I had found out, Irv calls me and says Seven was signed to Jay Prince. That's one of your producers at the time. Yeah, he was one of our main producers um, and made a lot of hit records, made a lot of money, and Jay Prince was basically claiming all the money he made and generated because Seven said that's his money. Mm -hmm. So if he signed to Jay Prince, he's like, Collect that money and then we'll do whatever my deal says I get, I'll take from there. So so um Jay reaches out and Irv tells me, you know, you gotta go to Houston and deal with Jay Prince. <laughs> I'm like, Great, you know, great. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, 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 brother. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Irv. <laughs> Good looking. Good looking. But you know, I'm a dolgit, so at the end of the day, no problem. At the time Preen was home. No, Supreme the Supreme. So, yeah, so yeah, shout out to Supreme. Hold your head, brother. At the end of the day, Supreme is home, and he was at Beaumont, uh, Texas, going to see his nephew, Prince. And he was coming from there. That's the federal penitentiary, right? Federal penitentiary like, out there. And he calls me and tells, I mean, I call him and tell him I'm going to Houston. Meet me in Houston. He says, no problem. Then I call one of my other brothers out there in Houston, black. We call him B-1. So I called B1. B1's about that life. So I was like, yo, I'm coming to Houston. I got a problem out there. (laughs) He said, whatever you need, I got you. So I get out there. He's like, what's happening? He comes, picks me and preem up. And he's like, what's happening? I said, man, who's this Jay Prince guy? I got a problem. He said, oh, man, I can't do nothing. (laughs) He's like, that's the big homie. I can't help you. (laughs) So, you know, keep it moving. Everyone told me don't go to his ranch. Jay says he calls me up while I'm in Houston he says hey come meet me at my ranch <laughs> and I'm like so he, yeah. has a ran- he has a ranch he know. has a ranch he's a real cowboy like he's he's a country boy man you know he's the biggest provider of hay
2: yeah he said that in- oh, black park, Angus beef Or in his book you know. nah
3: people don't know he's a mogul he's a real mogul but he's the biggest uh, real estate owner in Houston oh, wow. yeah he's someone you should talk to he bought his whole hood fifth ward is his Jay Prince you know what I'm saying yeah. so at the end of the day they tell me I gotta go to this ranch to meet him I said alright so he sends two cars two SUVs for Jay it was all presentation see I know this in hindsight now that I'm <laughs> with that's my brother but in the beginning I'm thinking this is some bullshit like he sends two cars two people in one four in another and me and Prem in black black's like I'm gonna come with you in case something goes I'll try and diffuse it and stop it so I was like alright bet so we drive again I just want to give the, the listeners to the viewers of the vision when you get to this part we drove for about an hour from where we was at then we get to this one part and it says James Prince Estates and we see it's like a billboard and we say okay <laughs> make the right turn and we drove another 20 minutes from the gate from that corner <laughs> <laughs> to get to the middle of the gate that's how far how much land he has like yeah. And then two more SUVs come down like this path, like dirt path. You see the cloud of smoke. <laughs> Me and Prem is looking at each other like, yo, it was nice oh, knowing you. Bullshit, yeah, yeah. No, we was like, yo, it was nice knowing you, yo. <laughs> but we we're going to take some more zooms with us. We're like, we ain't going out alone, man. So they come four more in each of those SUVs. We go up to the, the ranch. And when we walk in the ranch, it was like the yard. It was like you in Riker's Island in the yard or, or somewhere. I mean, it was about 60, 70 dudes all over the house. And I'm like, what the? Me and Prem is looking at each other like, yo, they going to kill us. So I'm getting frustrated because he didn't come right out. Like, you know, we're here. <laughs> where you at now? and again we're only 15 minutes in maybe 20 minutes the most so I'm getting frustrated and I'm like yo where's Jay who's Jay Prince Where's Jay? I don't even know what he looks like mm. like at that time I didn't even know what the man looks like I don't. you hear his name in the right, legend right. of him I'm thinking it's gonna be this 6'4 <laughs> like dude come out and then this little dude comes out from the back <laughs> and says hey which one of y'all Chris and I said that's me he said yeah come on let's go talk I'm Jay I, in my head, I'm like, this is what this is all about. <laughs> this nigga right here. Yeah, uh, Jay loves it when I tell it, cause but it's real. I promise you, it's real. Now, I kept my, again, I just kept my composure, but I'm feeling the pressure of the room and all the dudes and just the environment. Then when I'm walking to the back with him, you see all the stuffed animals. <laughs> not not like not like the ones you want from the fucking <laughs> the carnival no real fucking animals that stuffed and everything and it's like so he's a you see he's a hunter
4: he's been hunting yeah he's
3: a hunter and then you know all the heads on the wall and then you go to his desk and right behind his desk is all the assault rifles <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like oh man this is crazy You know what I'm saying? And then he wants to talk about $28 million that's owed to Seven, and he wants all of that because Seven told him that's all his money, to which I said, not a chance. And, you know, uh, the more I know Jay, the more I understand the move because the move was really he's going by what Seven told him, but he's a a man of his word. Mm -hmm. So if you say something to him, he's going to make you honor your word. So when I told him that's not it, I'm like, nah, he can't get all of that. We gave him half, Irv as the other half as the producer, and that's it. I said, he doesn't know Jay-Z, he doesn't know J-Lo, Mariah Carey, uh, you know, Mary J. Blige, we do. And I said, that's my money. That's basically what I told you. I said, I don't care what the fuck, Sev told you, that's our money. He said, okay. And that was really the end of the meeting. Again, and then he we went on after that, became really good friends, and things happened that made us get really close, you know what I'm saying? But it was a great way, like his. And I told him his image precedes him, so I told him the more he talks, or the the less he talks, the bigger you know that legend grows. So I always tell him, Watch, don't get in too much limelight, you know, he put the book out, you know what I'm saying and the book did great and he, he it looked like he was a president if you followed him on the ground because yeah, he yeah. was in so many places the, book tour. the campaign he went yeah, on was yeah. legendary like I was like who's your PR guy
0: in the middle of it he, he uh, gets—he got involved with the Drake and Pusha T thing it was like this is yeah. all happening oh, you like, say he, he squashed that he squashed you know, right? it like, yeah. no Drake's not gonna respond no, he gave me his word he's not responding Yeah, and we were like for
3: real,
2: Drake. they said Drake had to track.
0: He, he said if he would oh, yeah. have released he it, said, he said you can't do it, that. We can't, yeah, we can't cross. He crossed too nah, many lines. Cross lines. You know,
3: there is only a few people. He's one of the biggest people I ever met. You say like strongest? Honestly, dude, strongest, like, strongest dude I ever met. I give it to Jay Prince. And Prem is a monster, but he was not. He's not as strong as Jay in that sense. He wasn't as strong. BMF, like I know T, I know Me. wasn't as strong as Jay Prince, in my opinion. And it's just it's crazy. Like when I seen. Like how he has his not city that whole state of you know he has
2: the Kitakashi when they um when he was in oh yeah um, (laughs) with his son yeah he was like yo they he was like yo they.
3: Yeah, I tried to fix that man. with shoddy. Hold your head, shoddy. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I tried to fix that with shoddy, man. Yeah, yeah. He
0: said you keep campaigning, eventually you're going to get elected. That, ah, was, that was a hard I use that all the that time. Like, that that was was but that's part. real. You <laughs> that you keep line.
3: campaigning, you bound to get elected. That's a statement. I use that line now. Yeah, that I told line. him I'm taking it, that so he hard can't hard get night. pub on it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right, so but he said in the book, all right, so you meet them and then y'all become... Good, good. Yes, and then so y'all have an idea to to have a black owned distribution company for for records with yes. you guys, Jay Prince, Lot and Shook Knight.
3: Yes, y'all was
2: gonna come together, East Coast, Down <laughs> South, and that's a that's a crazy trio. But um, <laughs> and he said in the book, he was like, right when y'all was about to get this off the ground and running, everybody just started catching fake cases and all that. And yes, then, so so then that leads to. So Coincidence?
3: I don't think so. So,
2: <laughs> so. so what, that distribution um, channel that you guys were going to
3: start? Yeah, we wanted to be a major distribution company just like a Universal, and we was going to cut deals with all of the outlets. You know, I give Suge a lot of the credit. Suge is a super smart man, man. I and mean, People don't understand him for his, from his business acclimate. Is he a good dude? Uh, Suge is a predator. Mm. You're a good dude for me, yes. Uh, Suge, hold your head good dude for me yes but we had our we had our ups and downs too mm. and but predators one thing they respect is that you know if you stand your ground they respect that mm. if you don't if you show the weakness they're gonna take what you got they're gonna eat your food and i i learned that early from my day so when i had to deal with jay i understood i couldn't show that and just like with sugar i couldn't show it so but it all turned you know for us it was those are all great relationships. Probably the
0: reason why they said, all right, we could work with them. So,
3: yeah.
2: so, so it was Suge's idea? Absolutely. It was Suge's idea for that.
3: Suge was putting it together. And Jay, again, is a very, is a super brilliant man. Not, I'm not shading him at all because he is a genius in his own right from a business acclimate also. Um, he's very methodical. He's a chess. Like, everyone moves differently. You yeah. you see how they move. He's a chess player. He doesn't speak much, you know. And Irv is vision, creative you know, I'm business, and that's where we was coming together. And when Suge was saying the plays, we envisioned it and seen that it could really work. And we was like, wow, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden, the US this government. indictment, that indictment. <laughs> you know, and like I said, I don't think that was coincidental. I thought the feds really wanted to learn about the hip-hop culture and what better way to go at it yeah. than... Go oh these three are getting together. Let's try and chase someone down and shake this tree and see what comes out.
0: Sam Sam Cook actually was trying to do something. Sam like Cook that. that's right. And then and then
3: they think he's the reason they got he got killed. Right, like he yeah. was
0: seriously gets killed by some random woman.
3: You know, I hate conspiracy theories, but it's hard to it's hard to deny certain things. Is what I'm saying. I hate it because I like proof. Right, I like to know facts. I don't like to talk on speculation. I like to know what's really real, and that's what I mean. But there's so many factors. Even when you talk about, let's say, like holistic doctors, and then all of a sudden, all these random doctors that got killed, it's like or disappeared.
2: Doctor Sebi,
3: doctor Sebi, there has to be some type of connection that correlates to these deaths. So it's like, so yeah, there's a conspiracy theory, but. There's a lot of facts, too. Man, you lived it. So, all right. So, you
2: guys caught the Fed case. So, the Feds, if anybody's not familiar.
3: I don't know how we caught a Fed case, but, you know, that's another story.
2: Yeah, the Feds, the conviction rate is 97%. You don't beat the Feds. It's almost impossible to beat the Feds because they put so much pressure on you they stretched the cases out for so long well you almost got to cop out that's why they, That's why the conviction rate yeah. is so high because most people just cop out
0: and usually your money runs dry
2: so yes. you, you guys at the peak of your dominance yes you caught a federal indictment <sighs> what was that what was I'm going to hit actually? you with the
3: Rick Ross so they tied it in with
2: money laundering Supreme that's what they did well do. you
3: know it was a lot more charges Okay. Um it got dwindled down due to great attorneys and the right thing. Even the money laundering case was stupid. We were, we was paying Think of, we was charged with a million dollars of money laundering, right? Just a just just use your own common sense from there. A million dollars of money laundering sounds like a lot, but we at that moment we're paying tens of millions of dollars in taxes. We're paying eight figures in taxes. Mm. I was gambling over a million dollars a week but i'm laundering a million. dollars. it doesn't make any sense, right? It, just common sense. if i'm laundering the money, i'm trying to turn it clean, right? Yeah. why would i be gambling a million plus? You're gambling dollars? a million dollars a week? Oh yeah, they got it it's all documented. So so <laughs> they, right. they froze the assets, right? <laughs> they froze the music assets, but yeah. that's why you
0: still have some things to fall back on. And you said the gambling thing. Yeah. You you were managing somebody. I'm going to keep I
3: was managing Phil Ivy. I'm going to tell you the, the to keep Complete transparency. I've ran. Irv made a lot more money than me in music. Mm. I was running out of money in music because they stopped paying us. So when that money went dry, I had to find other ways. But gambling, I'm pretty good at gambling. <laughs> I'm a knock on, you know. Word, <laughs> but I'm on. pretty good at gambling, and then you know, I've been gambling since probably five years old, honestly. And then to manage Phil Ivy, just made probably the best gambler in the world give you more insight and information which is invaluable for for for
0: the listeners who don't know who Phil Ivey is google him (laughs) Just a superstar poker player amongst other things. He's the
3: Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan of of poker. Yeah, Yeah, they call him the Tiger Woods of poker. Michael Jordan of poker. He's just the best. That's all. He's black. Yeah, black man. He's ill. From New Jersey. He's ill. From New Jersey. He's
0: he's the reason why you have the World Series of Poker on ESPN. Yes. Um, The reason why the the, the pot has grown. What is it, 20 million now? Yeah, he's the reason it grew so big because
3: of his success. And then people took an interest in him. He was a personality. When you looked at all the other poker players that had success, they wasn't interesting. Right. They wasn't black. That's for damn sure. But they wasn't interesting as a person. They was very, Let's. I don't know how to introvert. They boring. Right? They was boring. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, he was the first one to come and put... The swag
0: little, juice on yeah. it, yeah. Swag it I mean, out. Leave it to us, man. To put yeah. some we're swag. We right? go anywhere. We put the swag. I take.
3: On. I take a lot of credit for Phil. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so all right. So French French Montana has a line where you say, "People lost millions trying to beat the feds, right?" Mm-hmm. And you saying you you got to spent eight figures. Oh yeah. Eight figures of your money.
3: So it wasn't just like so. The, what you had to spend money on was attorneys, and the attorneys we had to represent us in the case. For the trial, it wasn't the attorneys I'm talking about. I, I'm talking about I had the biggest law firms. Again, ignorance is crazy. We didn't know. we. Ha- I didn't know I had to fight the government, um, and I wasn't charged with a crime in the beginning, right? So it, we're under investigation. They raided our office. We wasn't charged with any crime. They're just saying we're under investigation. What does that mean? They're looking at you. Great, look. We're making hit records. That's what mm-hmm. we was telling everybody, like, come and look. There's nothing to see. Um, But we're making all these records, and then all of a sudden, Universal stopped paying us. I'm like, wait a minute! Why did they stop paying? They stopped paying us because they cooperation. Yeah, they cooperated with the government against us. Uh, The United States of America said, if you help these boys, we're coming after you. Mm. So I don't think anyone would have cooperated, right, and and tried to help us. Any company, they would have been like, they would have distanced themselves from us no matter how many billions of dollars we've generated for them. And that's the facts. And then at the end of the day, you know, when you look at Irv's career, you know, I use Irv because I'm a part of Irv. So I'm going to leave it at Irv's career. He brought in just Jay-Z, Rockefeller, right, DMX, Rough Riders, Ja Rule, Murdering when you count up just that alone not counting anything else we did for Redman Method Man Foxy Brown Ludacris Nelly not counting any of that just those there we're in the billions of dollars of generated revenue and that's how executives in the music industry look at those executives when you talk about a Jimmy he's gonna tell you all the artists he had Mm -hmm. so don't Discount what Irv did it's the exact same thing no, you, can't. you know you know when you look at some of these um, executives again like Jimmy is an incredible executive probably the best music exec ever Jimmy Iovine yeah. hands down but when you look at some of these other guys they they did very little and made hundreds of millions of dollars but maybe they was the right side of the fence they wasn't on the other side of the tracks if you understand what I'm saying mm-hmm. but at the end of the day they with very limited amount of success Hundreds of millions of dollars was given to them for those assets that they created. And that's the difference in hip-hop versus pop versus country because they didn't do it with uh, R&B either. Anything of color, they didn't give it up like
2: that. So the feds came, they put pressure on Universal. Universal flipped, um, said whatever you need to know, we'll, we'll tell you. Basically. Pretty much. They're and of course, it. they just
3: didn't cooperate. They cooperated with the government. Now, we can't fight everybody at the same time we're in the middle of this storm you don't even know where all of these things are coming from not to mention 50 cent right think about all of the things he's doing in the interim of all of this (laughs) while we're going and dealing with this thousand pound gorilla you feel that 50 um
2: so a lot of people say that he kind of dry snitched without really snitching. No, he
3: snitched. But it's all good. It's what, it's what it is. I got statements of Curtis Jackson.
2: Well, I mean like on the Fed, like, Because it was like around the same time. He
3: was time. all in my paperwork. His name? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to. That like, means he made statements. What yeah. do you call that? I don't know. It's just, again, when we went out and if we said that, no one would believe. it yeah. or no one, You know, success has a way of blurring your vision, right? He was super successful.
0: Mm-hmm. So He's the number matter. one
3: artist. He was killing it. He was killing it. People want to believe that story. You know, it's all good. It is what it is. It's no crying over spilled milk. It is what it is, but the facts are the facts. Like you don't you're not gonna get me to lie yeah. and tell you something different. Did he tell? Yeah, he told stories. He told him that we're trying to kill him. He told him that. Lies. Like, but well, come on. It's, you're trying to get us deterred, and then that's these are things that happened, you know, that happened with him. I you know, I this is a financial Discussion, but this all affected business. Right? Right? This all affected business. So I don't want to deter off it, but you know, they only protect their own. They wasn't coming to protect nobody else. They protected him. They made sure he was safe. Like, there's a lot. You say they. The United States of America or the federal system, the federal government. Be careful of that. The police department. They (laughs) all took care of this man. So, Mm -hmm. you know, why is that? I don't get it but you know I, I let it, let him tell the story it doesn't matter to me we're here it's a different day that's a long time ago I know who you are you know who I am and it's all good you know what I'm saying people ask me I got beef I got no beef I don't even know the man yeah, so you
2: know, know him, like I you don't
3: know, know, know him I can't have a beef with someone I don't know and yeah you could sit and talk and all that I don't know what you I don't know you we never did business well we did do business yeah, this is how crazy, crazy it is. We crazy. did do that business. Was crazy. That was crazy. He was on Columbia Records. Tina Davis was his A&R over there, an executive over there. Shout out, Tina. 51 Music, he paid a first half of 100000 We was making 50000 a song at the time, and he paid for four songs. So we got a hundred thousand for the first half for Irv Gotti. To, yeah, absolutely. So Irv Gotti produced. Irv Gotti. To, no, we never got to produce. Oh, okay. But he. Would, why would you pay it if you didn't want to do business with us? He paid to what? Why would you allow? Why would you allow your record label to put up a hundred thousand dollars of your budget? To Irv Gotti or Top Dog Productions to make four songs for you so wh- if you didn't
2: want to work with. What him. Why, why didn't the songs? You know, happen? I
3: don't understand. I don't really don't know. I know okay. we tried to have multiple meetings; it never happened. But he would never show up. Mm. But at the end, like to just squash things, Like, what's the problem? Yeah, we don't know you. No. Like, Ja didn't know him. He knew Black Child. He knew Caddy, but we didn't know him. Irv didn't know him. Irv definitely didn't know him, and I don't know him. And ja Rule didn't know him. But he knew Black Child knew Caddy. So why can't this work out? He was being managed by Supreme. He was being managed by Chaz. It's, You're saying yeah, Supreme used to be his manager. You know, and so was he Chaz. That's you know, Chas you know, Blackhand was managing him, so in the beginning days. So how do you not try and resolve whatever where's the real problem? It isn't one. It's like but you know Smoke and Mirrors, man. This yeah. is not a real industry we're in well, no, no, we're they not in a real them. industry where this is the uh, the problem with fans. This is not a real industry. This is this is about entertainment. This is about, again, money and entertainment. Again, 6ix9ine, perfect example. Told on everyone, he's so tough guy. Yeah, real real tough. Forget about it. It's not real. It's fake. It's entertainment. You know, 50 is no different. He was entertaining. He made great records. Then think what happened. He gets Jimmy Iovine with him, the best executive ever. Dr. Dre, the best producer ever in hip hop. And then Eminem. The biggest artist in hip-hop at that time. Are you kidding me? How can you lose? Okay. You know? People don't understand. He gets game. I had game first. Like, it's so much stuff that's not told that people just game don't was know. Game was to you No, I was in the process. I was working with game. Mm. I would make mad records with game. Shout out game. You know what I'm saying? I was going to Compton, picking him up, bring him to the studio, making records. He was constantly talking. We Baron Davis brought me game. Mm.
0: B-D-D. B-D-D. Yeah, DD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. B Diddy.
3: And I'm trying to get Irv to sign game and work it and make music. And then all of a sudden he calls me and says, oh, I got Dr. Dre. So he wasn't signed to 50 in G Unit. Perception thinks he's G Unit. Yeah. This is what people don't get. He was signed to Dr. Dre in right. Aftermath. Aftermath. Yeah, 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 But doesn't it make better sense to be G Unit? It's business. Yeah. So when you think Murder Rink, okay, we're generating nine figures in revenue. Here comes. G unit, really not G unit. Aftermath.
0: Aftermath. Shading. It's
3: only a lateral move. Take my money, put it over there. That's all it was for Universal. They don't care. It's business. So y'all was all
2: under Universal.
3: We're all under Universal. Mm-hmm. They are on Interscope. Universal. We're on Def Jam. Universal. So it didn't matter. It's just a unif- It's a slide. Yeah, push that money there. You think they care? If they if that slide didn't happen, they would care. But because it happened, they don't care. You know, Vivendi, who owned uh, Universal at the time, was trying to get in touch with us because they wanted to know what's going on with the case. We're like, what? Get out of here. There's nothing going on with the case. We're making hit records. But that lets you know how high up in the system, the Universal system, we was being talked about and dealt with. Right? You think think Vivendi was talking about G-Unit or any other label? They only cared because we was losing the money. Once G-Unit got popping, they're going to talk about G-Unit at that moment. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. At that moment, they're not thinking G-Unit. They're thinking murdering. All this money is about to go down the drain. What's going on with you guys? Is everything okay? You, you understand? Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. And then it gets shifted over there. From a corporate standpoint, it's no loss. It's probably a win. They went up. And you said you said something that, like when they,
2: they um – they had you guys sign something like if y'all lost the case. Yeah. So why, during
3: bad. our trial, we had to sign um, over to, to so we could get money, right? Usually, we was talking about how the, the government they 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 uh, they they stop all your revenue from coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why they win. They you cannot fight them because you run out of resources. You know, someone told me ink. You know, ink, not not murdering, just ink. Is unlimited resources because I got unlimited ink, so they could write things about you, yeah. you which they did. They, you know, there's very strategic in their approach. And it's like in hindsight, you learn it, you don't know why you're in the storm. So just imagine all these things going on, and the government is sitting there stopping everything financially for us. What are we going to do? We're going to run out of money at some point, And then now here's this offer so we could get. If we go to jail, Universal would have owned everything. You want to talk about some scumbag business, okay? Think about what I'm telling you. I'm facing, I'm fighting for my life in court. We signed that in courtroom while we're in the middle of our trial. This is
2: what Universal did to us. So Universal comes in the middle of the trial with paperwork that says if you lose your case, they we own everything, own all the all rights the to your master's everything. And, everything. and in return you, for doing that, they gave you
3: money? They cut a check that they owed us so we could continue to pay but that's what they did, you know what I'm saying? So we could continue to pay legal. Right. We was paying uh, private investigators. I investigated everyone next to me because I wanted to know who you were, who were my dealing on. with? So they, they, and I let them I, know. I want
2: people to really understand and sink yeah. that in. So in, in the middle of a federal trial, you yeah. could have went to jail for twenty years. Yes. Somebody from Universal comes and says, "Look, we have X amount of dollars in for the courtroom, you, but in order to get this money, sign this paper, and and if you lose." We're going to take everything that you built. Everything. It's ours.
3: Yeah. Ours, 100%. You have
2: no real choice but to sign it because
0: you need money. Right. They found you at your most vulnerable So home. now we really. <laughs> the you. Y'all well, said.
3: You're a gambler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but this gambler was in the. This was crazy, crazy. In high, again, it was a crazy risk. But we was running our options. So we do the deal. We win the case. We own everything. And then they don't want to do a deal with us. It took us over two years to get that next deal back. So you're sitting there with no generated revenue. That's why I went into sports. You know what I'm saying? I went into insurance, hedge fund. This is all the time, the era when I started all of this. After those two years, we didn't get our deal back. We thought we was going to run right back into a deal. Nothing. Mm. So, all right. So, okay. So now
2: that leads into the conversation of what you're doing now because the distribution thing started with that. And when you was in the studio, you were explaining how... What you're doing now with AdVentures, um, you're distributing independent music to platforms. Yes.
3: Like a distribution I'm channel. A, I'm a distribution company. So can services
2: can Yeah. Because I, I don't think a lot of... Yeah. But, for you, but can we just break down because there's a lot of independent artists out there, especially now, right? Yes. But they may not know. So as an independent artist, how do you get your music... Well, we know how get to get the music now, but before, like, what was the. Like, how does an independent artist get their music onto.
3: Before the internet Apple? or after the internet? <laughs> like, before the internet, you could still go directly to iTunes, but now they put a lot more criteria on it because they're trying to eliminate the volume. If you don't come through an aggregator like myself, a TuneCore, a CD Baby, they don't want that business from just John Doe in Boise, Idaho, putting their music up. They want you to go through an aggregator. So that's another way of them blocking things, right? They got to control. Everything is about control and blocking, so that's what they're doing. So I, I have a company, Adventure Music, and I do digital distribution for independent artists, and I get you on all of those outlets, all those DSPs that would allow your music to be either streamed or downloaded for money and then, you know, we take a percentage just like any distribution company, you know, and you get the balance. So So it it
2: all has come through. But I don't own your music. They still own
3: him. The artist, whoever that person is that's putting the music up is the owner of the music. So the
0: benefit of it, right, as an independent artist, let's say I'm an independent artist, right? right? I can put the music up myself, right? I can put it on SoundCloud. Why don't we go to Adventures?
3: Because I have things that when you say sound uh soundcloud soundcloud is not a real place to get monetized yeah, okay. okay it's mostly free music and but it's it's one of the number one places for independent artists to get to get recognized. recognition so i i encourage soundcloud mm-hmm. and now they did start a, a monetization side of it so you can do it but you got to again it's a criteria to get to fit into it mm-hmm. so but let's say um apple music or Title. You could. You can't. I delivered over two hundred locations, which is typically more than ninety-five percent of all the other aggregators Mm -hmm. that does distribution. But then the real secret sauce is I'm part of education. I'm teaching you the reason you should do what you need to do from a business standpoint. From if you know, every independent artist is a miniature Universal. I use Universal all the time because they're the biggest record label. So, whatever they're doing to monetize their business, you should be doing the same way, just you're just small. Right. Right. But they know the game, they know how to monetize this music that you're doing. So, you should follow suit. You should understand. Don't try and reinvent the wheel because they know how to do it the best. Now, you could do other things added on that they may not do and try because you might change the game. Mm -hmm. But follow the, the business. Acclimate of what they do and you'll be in a great place you know the number one way music record labels make money is catalog you know that's the number one revenue stream all the old music so i'm trying to teach artists they tell me they got a hundred songs in a in their computer and i'm like that's money but you don't get it because it's in your computer mm-hmm. and if you go to these other companies they charge you every month to keep your music out to distribute it, which is counterproductive, right? If I have to if I, I want to be able to put my music out and it sits there as long as that company's open. I don't want it to be returned to me or taken down. I want it to sit there because if it could make a dollar, I want to make a dollar. If it could make a hundred dollars, I want a hundred dollars. And it could be in ten years, twenty years. It doesn't matter. That's what music is. Right. You know, uh give me an album, DMX, we was just talking DMX. Def Jam is not making a dollar of marketing cost into that album anymore. That is pure profit. 100%. Every dollar is on top of whatever they already generated. And that will sell forever, right? It's timeless. It's going to get played forever. It's going to generate revenue forever. That's the game you're in as an artist and you need to know how to play it. And that's what we teach at Adventure Music.
2: Powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful.
3: Um, we want to thank you for
2: coming. Oh, definitely. That um, nah, was a lot. It was a lot. A lot of information. A lot of information. That's a fact. That's a fact. I All appreciate right. you
3: guys, though, man. This is a great platform for everybody to to really learn business and what to do. You give incredible advice, both of you guys. Appreciate incredible you. advice, thank man. You. Appreciate you, appreciate Chris. is,
0: Chris you. is also a, a two-time champion on deck, I man. I'll, I'll <laughs> if, if we didn't recognize yeah. that, you got a team. <laughs>
3: Not well again, Dominican power, I'm with Mikey. Okay, you see okay, I got my But Dominican power, Mikey is uh, you know, Mikey the mayor, he's up there killing it right yeah. now got some incredible plays, and I think we're going to get this year.
0: They showed us some love up there, so shout yeah, out to everybody. Yeah, uh, like yeah. If to you it, don't know Dykeman, you, to you
3: need, Dyke. need to be there. The yeah, best yeah. game in the city. New York
2: City, man. If you haven't been to New York City, you got to come And go on the Dominican Pies playing. For and you got go yeah. to go yeah. Friday night. <laughs> that's a
0: fact. That's <laughs> a the a lights is on. I got primetime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's a fact. Shout out to Dykeman. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Dykeman, for sure. Shout out to New York City street walls. Definitely. It's a culture. Oh, man. It's a culture within itself. But how can people contact... You or get information on adventures, independent artists that they want to get their music out there or different things? Definitely.
3: Um, I'm Chris Gotti, 187 on all social media platforms. uh, And adventuresmusic.com is the website. A D D V E N T U R E e-s music m-u-s-i-c dot com add ventures because I'm adding ventures together for all these artists these independent artists that's where the name came from
2: now that's dope that's dope and you also said that you have like you can um, they can like get different services like out of absolutely store,
3: right? I have services everything you could think of I tried to make a menu list of all the services that say Universal would do for you and create that list for an independent artist. The difference is price point, right? So I could roll you out. If you had the money you want to roll out like your Rick Ross, I could do that. I have all the people in place. But if you only have a couple dollars, a hundred bucks, two hundred, there's things you could do that would help get your record out there. Yeah. And that's what I do too. So it's a it's a variety of different services. Right. If you need a video made, you need your record mixed and mastered. Like I tell everyone, the power of mixing and mastering is because you're competing against the best artists once you deliver it. So if your music doesn't sound right, you know you ever been in a club and they play a record yeah. from somebody and that record sounds like a little lower, yeah. and then you play the, the, the records that are out and it goes back up. That's the problem. That's why you need to mix and master your record. To, you're competing with Drake, even though you don't understand that, mm-hmm. and you know one record could change everything. So you want to always have the best chances. It's just about being prepared, and it's at your resource level. But what Adventures will do, once I'm finished with the platform, because I'm still building the tech out, I will be one of the biggest marketing firms, and I will have money for every independent artist based on social media.
1: All genres. All genres. All genres. Every artist. Every
3: And that's going to be the game changer. That's when Universal is going to have to get out of here. That's when I close their doors. Yeah, I got a little beef.
2: Calma, Calma
0: always comes around. That, that,
2: that always comes around. I got man. a little
3: beef with a few guys, but it's all good. <laughs>
2: and he knows them. And uh, we want to thank you for coming, man, for sure. Um, some uh,
0: housekeeping items, Troy? Yeah, man, Patreon is is doing really well, man. Uh, shout out to everybody that has been subscribing to our Patreon. Uh, that's Patreon at Ernie, backslash uh, EarnyAlesia.com. Uh, it's just a way to support the podcast, like we say. Uh, each episode, uh, we've been getting some some new members. Uh, shout out to Shiana and uh, Vicky and Tiana, and shout out to our guy Tony. We had a, a great conversation with him, and he was telling us how we've been inspiring him. And what we took away was like how much his conversation inspired us to keep going. Right, he's in North Carolina, and telling us like he just wants to help. Whatever he can do to help us grow this thing, he's willing to do. And um, that was just from you know him hitting Patreon and, and, and getting a conversation with us, so shout out to him um, and everybody that that's supporting the podcast. Whether it's um, on getting the merch, the you know the assets of a liability shirt sure is, is doing the well. I
4: right on hustle the hustle for your, hustle last,
0: for your name. last name. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing I'm wearing the, the EYL that's tour. That's Dave right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got the dang. EYL tour. You know, our first stop was LA. We did Brooklyn. Uh, we got a couple cities. It, yeah, it, yeah, shout it,
2: out to the... to the we Brooklyn We did crazy it was We did a um, network And meet and greet In Brooklyn Nice It's like 300 people Came out It was like a rapper's In store It looked crazy like, yeah, it, was it, was, a, it, it was a look The streets was flooded
3: was Dope yeah. it's good. Listen to me This is one of the best Podcasts out here nah, appreciate I appreciate that Dope yeah. it. Nothing but good things Coming So everybody it.
0: that's Supporting it either, either getting the merch Or doing Patreon We appreciate it uh, Love is love
2: Yeah yeah So yeah We coming to a city Near you I think the next stop Is going to be Atlanta we gonna do something big on and the Atlanta.
3: tour. Oh, on the back. tour, you about yeah. to start moving around. Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. who we, we? People, <laughs> touch people. We Atlanta, D.M.V. I want to go to Houston. Yeah, Toronto, yeah. Canada too. We got a lot Wait, of,
0: of sports. Sh- you said Jay Prince, so we, when yeah. we go to Houston. Oh, you gotta yeah, check we, in. You got <laughs> yeah. What we are trying to do is like when we go to these tours, we we trying to bring people. Who've been on the if podcast? If you go out there,
3: it, if he's in Houston, I definitely link you. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, for like sure. you are now officially alumni of the yeah. Legion, man. Yeah,
0: so that's that's yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the alumni club. For sure. And that's the
2: book, it. the book tip. Since we just talked about Jay Prince, is uh, I'm gonna say his book, please. Um, the Art of Respect. The Art of Respect. The Art of Respect. It's a good book. Um, I listened to it an audio book on iTunes and um so I definitely recommend it. it. It tells this whole story. It has Chris in there, it has Chris's story <laughs> in there. Um so definitely make sure y'all yeah. y'all check that out and um Yeah and we
3: on Twitter. We I need Twitter. some pub oh, no. Jay I need some pub.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah we're on Twitter now too that's a fact. We just got on Twitter. earlier and Legion on Twitter, follow that. Um subscribe to our YouTube channel sure. as well. And keep um listen subscribe to iTunes um, check out
0: adventures if you are an please. independent artist for sure no, that's
2: a sign fact. up We're let's gotta, go you gotta yeah. do that the
0: studio is crazy
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we working alright y'all thank you for rocking with us we appreciate it we we'll see y'all next week peace please.